but about two years ago, I was raped. There's a lot of anger. We're not being manly enough. There are two ideas about safe spaces. My understanding of the world changed. And I felt numb. Are you a man or a mouse? I was alone. I couldn't bring myself to say it. I was lost. All I wanted was to be able to share my experience, what was happening to me with someone. Hey everyone, and welcome to Safe Places and Spaces for Men. This is episode number six, and we're going to be talking a little bit about uh, acting out. So this is Thomas Edward, your survivor, thriver, or sir thriver, leadership development coach. Well, today is the last day of the year. And so if we live to see it tomorrow, we'll usher in another new decade. So the 2020s, right? And so I want you to think about that because, of course, this is the time when people start making their, well, New Year's resolutions and goals. And you guys know from my perspective, from a leadership development coach, I'm not really into the resolutions. And then you guys also know that when I work with you and we work on goals, we work with the goals that come from within you. Because we know that goals that come from an exterior source, so me pushing goals on top of you, they don't work. They don't work. The goals that people achieve and that you want to say they blow out the water and are phenomenal at are the goals that come from within them, right? And so that's one of the things that the coach always trying to tap inside. What's that goal that you want to work on? So we can start building solutions toward that. So as you think about maybe the new year that is coming, maybe you've been listening to a couple of the podcasts. Maybe you've been reading things on the website. Maybe you've actually subscribed. So you're getting the the newsletters, those different type of things. I even have people are like, hey, you know what, Thomas, I've been I've been following you for a couple of years. I'm like, oh, that that's great. But they're like, I haven't really done anything with the stuff that either you said or I hadn't showed up at the workshops. You know, it's interesting. The statistics show us that people who either go to conferences, workshops, take classes, whatever, that only three to four percent of them are actually successful. Three to four percent of them are successful in the things that they learned in that class. All right. So you might be thinking, well, maybe it's the instructor's fault, right? Well, what we realize, the reason that only three to four percent are actually successful, let's just say in whatever subject that they went to learn about, is because only three to four percent actually implement one thing that they learn from whatever it was, whatever workshop, whatever conference. And is that one thing that they implemented that catapulted them into success. And it's interesting, even when we look at the psychology um, of habits and those different type of things, when we're working with individuals, right? If you could get them to implement and work on one thing, one thing, right? We notice that it creates a cascading effect, right? And that's one of the reasons I love working uh, with survivors, because when we get to tap into building those solutions, and then they get to see the effect of, of that, of actually implementing and working out and how their lives change. It's just awesome. Right. And so that's why I often tell clients, I am not here to fix you. <laughs> Our goal is to work together to see if we can transform. You fix things, right? 
physical objects, things you fix your car or whatever you fix. Okay. But with people, we transform. At least that's what we try and do here at Safe Places and Spaces for Men. So where this is coming from today, so you guys know that for me, for the end of year, oftentimes this is when I experience, let's say, uh, a volume increase in emails, texts, those different type of things, because people are often in spaces, either where things are being triggered for them or they're in spaces now where their brains have more time to maybe focus and and think about things either from the past or how they're affecting them today. And so there were two scenarios that I was kind of presented that kind of stand out in my mind. And they're kind of like two polar opposites. So two individuals, I've known uh, both of them for, let's just say, eight months. So I receive uh, kind of an email from a family member and she's distraught. She's distraught with her husband. Her husband is a, a survivor, a survivor of sexual abuse, but he's what we call a high functioning survivor. OK, so um, if that doesn't make sense to you, like I say, go up to the website, make sure you subscribe and you'll get that report where we talk about high functioning survivors. I kind of call it high functioning um, PTSD habits. And, and that's because those, if you want to say dysfunctional habits, that society deems them as being okay. Okay, so okay for men. So then when you see the survivor and they're being aggressive, well, okay, they're being aggressive, but they're being aggressive in the business way. So that's seen as being confident. Right. So that's OK. OK. So that's all in the guys wrapped up into this big box called successful. That's what a successful man looks like. OK. So I actually might be using these abusive traits and, and dysfunction as my coping. But because they're wrapped up in this little box that society says, oh, well, that's what success looks like. Then when I'm actually doing them or perpetrating them, they're seen as being OK. So that was the, the one scenario. Then on the other side, so I receive a call from another high functioning, I'm going to say Sir Thriver, um, an international client that I've been coaching for eight months. All right. So introduced to both of them at eight months. But this individual, this survivor decided, OK, he wanted more freedom. So he's like, you know what? I'm going to do that new imprint leadership development coaching course that you have. Okay, now that's also on the website, too, so you can go up there and look at that. And so I'm listening to him, and so he's sharing reflections with me. He's sharing how his world has changed, how he's making better decisions. He's sharing with me how the relationship with his wife and kids is blooming. He's sharing with me how he's more confident. Um, he's sharing with me how the emotional intelligence that we've, been, we've started working on is actually catapulting him in his business, in his career, in his relationships with others. Um, he's sharing with me how he's getting better at, at drawing boundaries, boundary lines with his toxic family members, um, with his family of origin, that they're actually changing and starting to become more open as he actually works on his issues from the abuse, okay? So the behaviors, all the coding, and all the ramifications associated with his situation. 
And I sit there and I just think about both sides. And so I look and I see one who decided that he wanted freedom. So he decided to take the course, start the coaching and implement the things that he's learning. And then I look at the other side and I see the other person who knows, but hasn't made the decision yet to come to find out, to implement and to work towards changing their lives. And now the acting out for that person is just causing chaos, destruction and havoc, not just for him, but all the people that are part of his life. Wow. That's the two powerful stories when I look at that. And I'm going to ask you, which side are you on? Which side for you are you choosing? This could be part of the goals that you're going to pick for the coming year. You know, when we're talking about acting out, since that's kind of what it's talking about here, let's let's talk about this. So, you know, when we think about abuse and, and how it happens, because often people say, well, you know, if you were, you know, abused, that means that you're going to act out. And often what people are thinking, though, they're thinking from a sexual perspective. Oh, but that person's going to go out and now perpetrate against against people. Well, no, that's usually actually not the case. Um, but I do want to say this. That when abuse happens, no matter what type of abuse it is, it doesn't have to be just, you know, sexual abuse, abuse. When abuse happens, there's always the potential that exists for that abuse pattern to be repeated with the abuse victim becoming the abuse perpetrator. Now, we don't mean that it has to be sexual, right? And this is one of the problems that we often get wrapped up into when we talk about sexual abuse. Sex is simply the way in which the abuse was carried out. Okay. Whereas the real abuse might be control. Okay. Trying to control the person. Well, how do I do that? Well, in this situation, I'm going to use sex to do it. Or in another situation, I'm going to use anger to do it. Or in another situation, I'm going to use emotional neglect okay so remember when we're talking about it it's not just the sex that's the tool that's being used to carry out the abuse and that comes from our whole power differential so here's the thing so if we're going to say statistically it's more common when we talk about male survivors when they suffer abuse and the abuse is not addressed okay that often what happens as survivors we may not even be aware of the abusive behavior that we have that actually is unacceptable it's damaging both to ourselves and to other people and that's because abuse no matter what type of abuse it is it blurs the boundaries okay it gives us this distorted picture and so think about that as a child that's being abused. And so as a child, maybe now one of my beliefs that is formed is that, oh, it's OK to abuse people in this way or in this manner or to emotionally abuse people, verbally abuse people. And so my idea, if you want to say of what is good, what is bad might actually change. It's, it's been distorted the challenge though when we're talking about 
dealing with um, child sexual abuse for us as survivors, that often there's what we call uh, behavioral consequences that shove us from being victims sometimes into being the next generation of abusers, right? So when I shared with you the, the story of, of the two guys, and so on one side, the person has the behavioral consequences that are now because they haven't addressed them, they haven't worked with them, and they're using, as we want to say, as their coping mechanisms, now causes them to actually be the abuser. So the emotional abuser, the, the verbal, those different type of things. Oftentimes when we're talking about what does it look like acting out, okay? The sexual one everyone gets, okay? That, was, that one seems to be uh, the easy one, but it's the smaller ones. So the things like control issues. So maybe I'm acting out when we're talking about control issues. And so oftentimes when I'm working with uh, men and we're doing the leadership development coach, and what they oftentimes start to realize is that many of their micromanaging, their control issues are actually the dysfunctional ways that they have been using to actually deal with the undermath of the abuse. And so when we start unpacking it, when we start dealing with it, I'm like, well, what's going on? And they're like, well, you, you know what? It's like as a child, it's like someone took that control over me using the sexual abuse to control me. And so they're like, now as an adult in my leadership, what I do is I'll go to great lengths to prevent feeling helpless, to prevent feeling like I'm not in control. And so I'll be disobedient, I'll be defiant, and I'll be argumentative, right? And so I had, you know, one person that I was coaching, and he's like, for me, that was an epiphany when I realized that the reason I was having these issues, the reason I was treating my team, my people this way, because I was trying to control them because I was trying to get back what I thought I had lost, that feeling of helplessness. And so unbeknownst to, to them, they were acting out what they felt, those inadequacies with their teams and with the people that were in their lives. Wow. Acting out, right? And so remember, it doesn't have to be, like I said, it doesn't have to be sexual, but it can be shown in different ways or even acting out. Okay. So anger, anger problems, anger problems can be one. So anger, it might be expressed directly. It might be expressed in tantrums, okay? And I mean adult tantrums, right? We kind of know what kid tantrums look like. But adult tantrums, uh, it might be when we're talking about acted out through manipulation, manipulating other people or passive aggressive behavior. And once again, it goes back to that control and power. I feel like I don't have that. So I'm going to use a passive aggressive, whatever leadership style or behavior that's going to allow me to feel like I get the upper hand. Okay. Now, if that doesn't make any sense to you um, from, from the leadership classes, let me just give you a classic example of passive aggressive. So let's just say you are a, um, a waiter or waitress and you, and you work for a restaurant. And let's just say the motto there is the customer is always right. So you have a customer who comes in, and the customer just verbally abuses you. 
So they say things that aren't nice. Maybe they talk about you, say your service is horrible, it's not worth it. So whatever, they're being a, a bully, right? Oh, but they're the customer, so the customer's always right, so you have to behave a certain way. So then what happens is to gain back that control, because nobody wants to be treated like that, then what happens is I take their order, right? And then when you take their order, you go back in the food. And just before you get ready to take the food out to them, let's just say it's a bowl of soup. What you do is you spit in it and you kind of circle around. So it's, and now you go serve it to the person with a nice smile. Okay, that's what we call passive aggressive behavior. Because <laughs> now I got you or I got back at you or I got my control through this passive aggressive behavior. Well, that too is acting out, right? And so that can come up and that can be shown in different ways. You know, even one way that I've often experienced when I'm coaching and working with, you say, well, what, what does this acting out? What does it kind of look like? So let's just say we have difficulty um, showing care and affection, right? And so maybe we have issues displaying that affection. Now that's the, if we want to say the consequence or the sequel of the sexual abuse. But then what happens when we get to the point where we actually start using that display of affection to control other people? All right, so I'm not going to show you any affection until you do A or B or until you agree with me or until you, okay, so guess what I'm doing now? So that if you want to say acting now or maybe the abuse, what I'm doing is I'm using that now. And so the victim is now using, if you want to say the abuse tactics or I'm going to say playbook. OK, so when we're talking about acting out, this is why I just want you to think about. And I guess this is the main focus. Like I said, I'm just kind of doing fireside talk today so this is just kind of coming off the top of my brain just thinking about the the two uh, the two examples that I've just dealt with in the past you know couple of days what I really want you to think about is in your life are there areas that you haven't addressed and because you haven't addressed that you're actually acting out and that you're acting out in such a way that now even though you are the victim, the victim of sexual abuse years later, now in some areas, in some ways of life, you're actually now an abuser. Okay, I want you to, to think about that. And that's a hard one. And sometimes it sucks. It sucks for us as survivors to even have to think about it from this perspective, right? Because you're like, well, what do you mean? I'm like, someone came into my life and they violated my boundaries. They took control of me. They did things to me that no one should do. And I'm left with all this mess. And now you're saying, hey, Thomas, I need to check and make sure that I'm the one who's not abusing because of the stuff that they've done to me that I'm living with and trying to cope. And yes, I am. I am saying that because that is part of our journey to becoming whole and becoming complete. That is part of the journey, taking what has been distorted for us and learning how to work through it and flip it and make it whole, make it complete, 
make it good. And that is our task. And that's one of the things, you know, when I'm working with, you know, survivors, especially when I'm working with survivors and families, (laughs) right? I'm really advocate like, look, it's going to be hard for, let's just say, the family to understand what the person is going through. Okay. And I get that. And I understand that because maybe that's not their experience or the person that you're, you're, that's helping you. That's not their experience. But the thing is, we've got a whole space and place for growth, right? That's why this is safe places, safe spaces, but for men, okay? Because we need the place and we need the space. And that's what this is about growing. So, I just wanted to share that with you. Like I said, it's my last thoughts kind of for the year. I know you're like, oh, you're leaving with talking about acting now. Yeah, I am. Like I said, that's just because it's something I've been um, thinking about and dealing with in the past couple of days. But I just want you to think of those two, those two survivors. And then I just want you to think from your perspective in the coming year, okay, which could be a couple of hours away. Which one do you want? Which side do you want? What type of survivor or survivor do you want to be? And then I want you to decide. Decide if you want the freedom and if it's worth going through the pain. Decide if you want the freedom and it's worth making the investment. So maybe coming to a workshop, starting the coaching, whatever. Or decide if you want the freedom, if it's worth the time. Now, if you do decide, you know what? Yes, it is worth those things. Then go up to the website, click on one of those, any of those, those buttons that you can subscribe or get logistics and you'll get an email from me and it'll have a whole bunch of different resources for you to get going, to maybe start working on things. And then you get to make the decision after looking at some of those things. You know what? Hey, I'm, I'm ready to start working on these things. And hey, I want to work with you, Thomas. And I'll be like, hey, let's do it. Let's see if it's a good fit. Let's see if we got the chemistry, right? So we can help you to be successful. All right, guys, have a great, great end of year. (laughs) And then let's have a kicking new year. And we'll see you on the other side of the new year. Safe places and spaces for men. Bye.